the whole duty of man containing a practical table of the ten commandments wherein the sins forbidden and the duties commanded or implied are clearly discovered by famous mr william perkins one the first commandment thou shalt have no other gods before me in which commandment note these two affirmatives one that we must acknowledge god two we must acknowledge no other god but him and the love required from this god is to hear his word willingly to speak and think of him frequently and to do his will cheerfully to yield up body and soul for his cause to delight in his presence and to bewail his absence to love and hate what he doth and to draw others to that love to rest upon his revealed counsels and to call upon his name with affiance the negative part of this commandment is to acknowledge none other than the true god where note these things forbidden ignorance of this god and his will atheism denying god or his attributes of justice wisdom providence presence etc setting our hearts upon any other thing distrust in god expressed by impatient suffering despair of his truth expressed by creature confidence riches pleasures physicians self-love hates god declines his ways flies from them the want of god's fear hardens the heart is carnally secure and will neither acknowledge god's judgments nor his own sin two the second commandment thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth thou shalt not bow down thyself to them for i the lord thy god am a jealous god visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children unto the third and fourth generation of them that hate me and showing mercy unto thousands of them that love me and keep my commandments the affirmative part of this commandment is to worship god in spirit and truth wherein the ordinary means of god's worship is commanded as calling upon his name by humble supplication hearty thanksgiving by reading hearing talking and continual meditation on god's word use of the sacraments all this to be done holily as god's word commands the negative part of this commandment is neither to worship any false gods nor the true god with false worship and here is forbidden any image similitude likeness or figure whatsoever for all idols are lies and all the badges and monuments thereof or to worship the beast and receive his mark all hypocrisy is to be also avoided to make a glorious show of serving god or to pry into others weakness and not mind ourselves or to be more zealous for tradition than truth three the third commandment thou shalt not take the name of the lord thy god in vain for the lord will not hold him guiltless that taketh his name in vain the affirmative part of this commandment is to be zealous of god's glory above all things to use god's titles only in serious affairs with all reverence to celebrate god's praise which shines in his creatures to confirm the truth by an oath with the invocation of god alone as a witness of truth and revenger of a lie the form of this oath must be truly justly in judgment whether public or private we are also commanded to sanctify god's creatures as meats drinks works callings marriage etc by the reverent use of his holy name for a blessing on or return of thanks for blessings received the creatures being sanctified by the word and prayer 
the negative part of this commandment is perjury either lying unto god or vocation of god's name to confirm a lie or to swear in common talk or to swear to strange gods blasphemy of and against god all cursing all use of god's name unworthily four the fourth commandment remember the sabbath day to keep it holy six days shalt thou labour and do all thy work but the seventh day is the sabbath of the lord thy god in it thou shalt not do any work thou nor thy son nor thy daughter thy manservant nor thy maidservant nor thy cattle nor thy stranger that is within thy gates for in six days the lord made heaven and earth the sea and all that is in them and rested the seventh day wherefore the lord blessed the seventh day and hallowed it the affirmative part of this commandment is to cease from sin from the works of our ordinary callings and also to perform those spiritual duties which god requires where in preparation to the sanctification of this day as christ and the practice of the old law were wont the assemblies must be frequented god's word and his creatures meditated works of charity the needy relieved the sick visited the fallen admonished differences reconciled this blessed rest day is a type of that inward rest from sin and that blessed rest of the saints eternally in heaven the seventh day from the creation is ceased and the lord's day sabbath confirmed by his resurrection and the apostolical practice things of present necessity as to preserve life or goods provision of meat or drink watering cattle curing diseases voyages of mariners shepherds tending flocks or necessary employment of physic the negative part of this commandment is not to pollute the sabbath by works of our ordinary calling fairs on this day all manner of husbandry all scurrility of jests sports all manner of profaneness and hypocrisy five the fifth commandment honour thy father and thy mother that thy days may be long upon the land which the lord thy god giveth thee the affirmative part of this commandment is reverence to the aged obedience to all lawful commands of parents and relief of them in their need and to obey and pray for superiors and all in authority superiors must be examples of blameless life and rule in and for the lord punishing great faults by correction and light faults by rebuke the negative part of this commandment is contempt of superiors disobedience to parents also parents cruelty to their children either in correction threatening or provoking servants are forbidden stubbornness deceitfulness running away and we are not to offend our equals either in word or deed six the sixth commandment thou shalt not kill the affirmative part of this commandment is to preserve our neighbour's welfare both in body and in soul to help him in his straits to our utmost speedily and to share with him in his adversity to abstain from anger and refrain from wrath to forgive injuries and rather to suffer than do wrong and to overcome evil with good by love to cover a multitude of evil to preserve the life of our neighbour and to win his soul to the faith we must live like lights to direct and admonish offenders the negative part of this commandment is hatred of our neighbour unadvised anger want of compassion frowardness desire of revenge bitterness in speaking reproach and railing contentions brawlings exclaiming complaints malicious persecution by derision to wound our neighbour or procure his death to be cruel in punishing to injure impotent poor strangers widows 
to stop the labourer's hire, not to restore the poor's pledge. Here, self-murder, hurting or endangering ourselves, is also forbidden. 7. The Seventh Commandment Thou shalt not commit adultery. The affirmative part of this commandment is chastity in body and mind, free from fleshly concupiscence and chaste from putting lust in execution, preserving chastity with modesty and sobriety, which appears in the countenance and eyes. Modesty is also seen in words when talk is holy, decent, and comely. An adulteress is loud-tongued. Modesty is also seen in apparel. Holy comeliness expresseth to the eye the sincerity of the heart. Sobriety is a virtue consisting in the holy use of food. Take these rules to observe in the use of diet, consecrating the creatures to God by craving a blessing upon them. Furnish your table with necessaries at due times and seasonable hours. Eat and drink moderately to strengthen the body, for to refresh the soul, to perform holy actions. Table talk must edify, not corrupt. The negative part of the commandment is the lust of the heart, all lascivious pleasure, Sodom's sin, all fornication, all adultery, unchaste thoughts, effeminate wantonness, occasions of lust, as lascivious apparel is the note of idleness, such can take no pains. Also, forbids immoderate fullness of diet or drink, corrupt, dishonest and unseemly talk, and vain, lascivious discourse or songs, unseemly pictures. 8. The Eighth Commandment. Thou shalt not steal. The affirmative part of this commandment is to employ God's blessings to his glory, for a man's own good, and to the good of his neighbour. The virtues of contentation and thriftiness, cheerfully and without prodigality, enable a man to employ temporal and worldly blessings for his own and others' good, and to deal justly in buying, selling, or letting, squaring their dealing according to the law of nature, in substantial goods, just weights and just measures, pay the hireling, restore the pledge or pawn according to the party's necessity, yet avoid being surety, perform just promises, though to loss, lend freely, restore carefully. The negative part of this commandment is steal not, live neither inordinately nor idly, deal not unjustly in word or deed. Covetousness is idolatry, the root of all evil. Unjust dealing is forbid in bargain, to sell that which is not saleable, or false weights or measures, or counterfeit for good, or to conceal the fault of a commodity, or to blindfold the truth with falsehood, or to oppress in buying and selling, as by raising a commodity, or by sale upon a set day to take advantage, or by engrossing, or by breaking to deceive. 9. The Ninth Commandment. Thou shalt not bear false witness against thy neighbour. The affirmative part of this commandment is to rejoice at the welfare of our neighbour and to acknowledge any goodness in him, to conceal and keep secret his imperfections, but not conceal his sin for him to continue in that course. The negative part of this commandment is not to envy, disdain, or desire another man's glory, also evil suspicions, hard censures, not to judge others unless by the word when we see the sin friendly to judge and admonish, not to lie or accuse another wrongfully, or to raise hurtful tales, or spread flying ones, or to believe all reports, or accuse out of malice. 10. The Tenth Commandment. Thou shalt not covet thy neighbour's house, thou shalt not covet thy neighbour's wife, nor his manservant, nor his maidservant, 
nor his ox, nor his ass, nor anything that is thy neighbour's. The affirmative part of this commandment is to keep our hearts pure towards our neighbour, both in thought and motion, and to fight against all evil affections by glancing or sudden thoughts, and by withstanding more abiding thoughts than do, as it were, tickle the mind with some inward joy. Beware of those thoughts or motions which draw from the will and affections a full assent to sin. To covet is inwardly to think and to desire anything whereby our neighbour may be hindered. The negative part of this commandment is concupiscence, that is, original corruption, it being hurtful to our neighbour, and all those sudden cogitations which spring out of that root, and all Satan's suggestions, and all unchaste dreams. The use of the law to the unregenerate lays sin open and increases it, denouncing to them eternal damnation. The use of the law to the regenerate is to guide them to new obedience in the whole course of their lives, and this new obedience is acceptable to God through Christ. End of The Whole Duty of Man by William Perkins If you enjoyed this recording, please support our channel by subscribing, liking and sharing our content. We would also be happy to receive any comments or feedback below.